Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros Podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. Find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It is week 16. We did not do the Look Ahead Lines podcast this week early on just because A, it's the holidays, everybody's traveling, and B, the games didn't end until, you know, late night on Tuesday. So this is the only podcast for this week, but it is our best bets for week 16 of the NFL season. With me to do that is Pat Fitzmore, a senior editor here at Betting Pros. Find him on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. Pat, happy holidays. How you doing? Happy holidays, Dan. I'm doing well. Maybe there will be a few more people interested in playing these games this week since there have been some uh, eliminations, unfortunately, in our fantasy leagues. That's true. That's true. Yes, our fantasy leagues are uh, slowly whittling down. Thankfully, the betting landscape doesn't change, although we can be as honest as possible, right, Pat? This is um, an unconventional time right now in football, and there are a lot of bets, Pat, that I want to make at the moment and a couple that I have, but we have to tread lightly, right, because of the COVID situation and everything that's happening. So we'll give out recommendations, but uh, I wouldn't run out to bet anything necessarily just yet. I would wait as long as possible uh, to see what the COVID situations are, certainly for various teams and even teams, again, that we don't know about yet. Just, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what what may come in the next couple of days. But Pat, our last uh, podcast you were on for the best bets, we were on opposite sides of a game, as you well know. Uh, and that game turned out to be, I don't know, if both of us were right or neither one of us was right. Uh, the 49ers wound up winning that game. So I wound up being on the right side. So we'll see whether or not uh, we'll be joining forces on some games this week or whether we'll have some difference of opinions. But uh, if so, I look forward to that part. Remember what this one is, guys. This is our three best bets of the weekend. Money line, spreads, totals, whatever. Uh, we'll quickly run through the remaining spreads games we don't talk about. A couple of things before we start. Uh, hopefully you're watching this podcast as well or listening to it on our podcast feed. But you should subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash bettingpros. That really helps us out. If you listen to this podcast at all, subscribing to the channel is an easy way to show your support. And we are also giving away a signed Saquon Barkley helmet, by the way. If you do subscribe, then go to bettingpros.com slash helmet. And also let me remind you about the latest offer from BetMGM. New customers bet $10, win $200 if the team you bet on scores a touchdown. That's it. $10, win $200 in free bets if the team you bet on scores a touchdown with the code JUICE100. That's available in New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Virginia, Iowa, Washington, D.C., Arizona and Wyoming. And again, that is our new offer from BetMGM Juice 100. Brief recap of last week Reed Wallach went two and one. He hit on the Steelers getting one and a half uh, from the Titans and the Bengals getting uh, two and a half, but he missed on the Patriots getting two and a half from the Colts. I went one and two. I hit on the Jets getting um, 10 points from the Dolphins. Pardon me. Pat got that. I bet on the Jets. How about that? We, uh, wow. we went crazy last week. I know that was the bet <laughs> I hit. I uh, missed on the Packers laying five and a half to the Ravens and the Bills Panthers under 44 and a half. I believe the total went to 45 there. And the the Packers, Pat, right? Like I got it early. I said bet it early. The spread was, I don't know, nine or something when the time it closed. Maybe it went down to seven or whatever. So I was like, yes, got the best of the number. Still no good. But your Packers did win. Congratulations there. Um, Okay. Oh, by the way, Pat, before we get going, I don't know whether or not you are, uh, <laughs> you were planning to take the Saints, uh, but Taysom Hill has just been placed in the reserve COVID-19. Oh, And man. the team is planning to start uh, Ian Book this weekend. Oh. Um, so, yeah. 
So you can deal with that. Uh, if you were, I, were you planning to take that game at all? I was I was anxious to talk about the total with you, which is already at 39. I mean, what's it going to yeah. be now? 29 after uh, the yeah. Taysom Hill news? Like, this is going to be one of the lowest totals of the season. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And because Trevor Simeon's also out. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is something. Um, okay, we'll figure this all out later. <laughs> uh, but in the, meantime, in the meantime, Pat, let's talk about our best bets. Again, anything you want. Money line, spread, total, whatever you want. You are the guest uh, on this podcast, Pat. So I defer to you here. Please give me your favorite bet for the weekend. All right, let's start off with, uh, you know, I hate, generally taking double-digit road favorites, but I'm going to start with the L.A. Chargers at the Houston Texans uh, laying 10. And I, the Chargers, they obviously need this. They're 8-6. and six. They're in the thick of the wildcard hunt. They cannot afford an untimely stumble against a team that by every metric that I have seen is regarded as the worst in the NFL. Whether it's a, you know strength uh like a power ranking thing by you know massey peabody or sagarin or whoever it is or or the pff grades like everyone has houston as the worst team in the league even though they've managed to, to stumble into three wins this year but um i just don't think they have enough to to hold off the chargers and and keep this one close the chargers will have had some extra time to prepare after playing on thursday night in week 15 Got a lot of firepower on offense. I mean, it's not just Keenan Allen and uh, Austin Eckler. Like, Mike Williams, I, I know uh, it was Guyton who's on COVID, right? Correct. They, Josh yes. Palmer is still a, a very good third wideout. He's been a nice rookie surprise. So I I think they have too much firepower and just will overwhelm the Texans here. And the one flaw the Chargers have, Dan, is their run defense and maybe their tackling. And this is the one team in the league that just can't do any damage to them on the ground with Rex Burkhead and David John. Like the, the Texans running game is a joke. So uh, they are not going to be able to seize on that one weakness the Chargers might have. Does it matter to you whatsoever about the current COVID situation with them with the fact that both Austin Eckler and you, we mentioned Guyton, but Eckler's on the COVID list and Brandon Cooks is also on the COVID. I mean, if Cooks is out, <laughs> right. I mean, whatever. But does does that matter to you whatsoever if either or both play? It doesn't. No, because I mean they've they've got a, a capable, I guess, uh, running back by committee if Eckler's not cleared with Justin Jackson, who actually looked good against the Chiefs last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think Joshua Kelly is any great running back. I don't know about Larry Roundtree, who would probably be active. But I just don't think it's going to matter. Like I I think they would be able to do. M- more damage through the air and have just enough of a running game to provide some balance. Yeah. So uh, if I have to go on this game, I would be with you because I do think that uh, the likelihood is that the Chargers cover this. It's really tough for me to get a road team, regardless of anything else, laying, uh, you know, double digit points. But this does strike me as a game where you're right. This is not a game where the Chargers can sort of come out and be flat. You know, they have to come out. They have to keep their foot on the gas pedal. They have to put this game away and not mess around. The extra rest is a big deal at this point in the season where everybody's exhausted and everything like that. They won't have Joey Bosa, right? He's he's declared out, I think, right, for this game already because of the COVID list. I believe list. so. Because um... I think he's unvaccinated. So I think he's already out. Um, so that does obviously hurt the defense. 
but I don't think it matters. Um, so I would lean towards you, but again, a road favorite of double digit points, which is really tough for me to make my favorite. So I'm interested that you are, but this is not one we'll fight about. Would you like me to give you one that we're going to fight about, Pat? Let's do it, Dan. That's the Bills visiting the Patriots, <sighs> laying two and a half. Now, tomorrow is Christmas Eve. I will be spending it with my wife's family, and uh, I'm going to play this for my father-in-law, with whom I'm very close, and my brother-in-law, who I'm also very close with. And I imagine that they will come out and tell me I'm an idiot for taking the Bills, getting the two and a half, which is fine. Bill and Kevin, I hope you're listening to this. Uh, I love you guys. I hope we have a great day today. But you're going to lose this game. Um, I think the Bills are going to are going to win this game here, Pat. Like I would take them on the money line, but you know, money line bets. What I, I mean, I'll sprinkle on the money line because if you're going to take anybody as a short, you know, dog, you might as well take them on the money line as well. But my official pick will be two and a half. There are some twos out there. I'll take the two and a half. Uh, obviously, we have some issues with the Bills right now. They've got you know Tre'Davious White out for the year. There's no Cole Beasley in this game because he tested positive and he's unvaccinated. I'm going to assume Emmanuel Sanders isn't going to play here, Pat. Both teams here are are good and pretty even. I feel like when you look at the metrics, right? Uh, Bills are, you know, uh, third in overall DVOA. Pats are fifth. On defense, the Bills are second uh, in EPA per play. The Patriots are third. But I, I'm just, I'm tired of, tr- like, I, I haven't been the whole year, Pat, but I just, I'm not trusting Mac Jones, basically, to be able to win these types of games. Now, I know they beat the Bills in the windiest game in the history of mankind where he threw three passes. Um, but you see what happens if he is forced to put the game on his shoulders like we saw against the Colts. It's going to be really difficult for him to do that. They don't have the playmakers in the receiving game. And he's a rookie. And we saw how much success the Patriots had running the ball against the Bills, of course. Uh, but even then, Pat, they still only scored 14 points despite the fact that they could run the ball at will in that game, had the Bills had any semblance of a running game or had they even just let Josh Allen throw the ball regularly, even a little more, even in that wind, they would have won the game. So Damian Harris hopefully going to play here, but Kendrick Bourne's on the COVID list. Nelson Nelson Aguilar is probably out. Nikhil Harry may be out. The Bills have issues on the offensive line again with with COVID. uh, John Feliciano, Deion Dawkins. The Bills are just a better team here, I think, Pat. Like, in a vacuum, they're a better team. It's really as simple as that. Uh, two evenly matched teams. It's a second divisional game, so you assume it's going to be tough. I'm just going to take the underdog and the one that doesn't have the rookie quarterback here, especially if they're getting points. So I imagine that you have a differing opinion, and I would like to hear it. I do. Well, let me be your sparring partner before your main event with Bill and Kevin. Can you do the, can for you do the Boston accent, by the way? <laughs> uh, that I'm, I'm not good at. I, right, I should have on my podcast this week. I just said the Wolf of Roto Street. He's a good Boston guy. I should have been paying more careful attention so I could mimic more accurately. But um, I don't know if my argument is going to be quite as thorough as yours. But um, in that first meeting we saw the Patriots just abandon the running game, say, we're going to run this. And uh, the, the Bills... Abandon just, the passing game. Oh, abandon sorry. The abandon the passing game, throw yes. three passes, run it down yep. their throats. For being an outdoor Buffalo team, the Bills are a finesse team. It, it totally belies their location geographically, but they are a finesse team. And I think the Patriots like took pride in just beating the hell out of them in that game physically two weeks ago and and winning the game that way. And I think they're going to try to play that way again and and run 
and they have to again here. The first time it was the wind. This time it's their complete shortage of uh, wide receivers. I guess Jacoby Myers is basically like the only healthy receiver they have. They're going to line up two tight ends, uh, run it probably 65% of the time against the Bills, and the Bills don't have a a great run D. Um, You know, they... it's either going to be a, a lot of Ramondre Stevenson or a Stevenson Harris combo. And uh, I, I think they're going to have some success as they did before. I mean, they didn't hit many long runs, but they moved the chains and they got that one long run from Damian Harris for the touchdown. Yep. Um, and then defensively, like I love this Patriots pass defense. I, like, I think it's the best pass defense in the NFL. Their, their secondary is just, you know, airtight. I mean, maybe maybe Jalen Mills isn't like the best cornerback, but other than that, I mean, it's there's no weakness in that secondary, and they can put pressure on quarterbacks with only four, which is kind of key against the Bills because that stops. Like, if you have your linebackers staying home, like Josh Allen, probably isn't going to do quite as much damage as he could. Um, although, you know, last game he, I don't, can't remember how many rushing yards he had against that. Did he go over a hundred against the, no, against the Patriots? Yeah, I can't remember how, how many rushing yards he had against the, the Pats or you mean this most recent game? Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks ago. I can't remember. I'll look it up. Anyway. Um, I don't know. And like Devin Singletary, the bills have had this inconsistent running game all year. I like that. They've basically narrowed it down to having Devin Singletary be their main guy, or at least we think so because they've head faked us on their backs before. But yeah, like, I I don't know if they're going to have enough to just consistently, it's just not the Bills MO to really like pound away with a running back. You know, they, yes. they don't win games that way. So yeah, I, I have some concerns about their ability to consistently move the ball on this Patriots defense, which is so good against the pass. And I think the Patriots are just a more physical game being at home outdoors in Foxborough. Like I just, I kind of like the Pats in this one, Dan. I'm, it's not a best bet, but I am going to be putting something on the Pats laying the, the points. All right. So good. We can use this for our Sunday night podcast. Again, we do a fantasy podcast on Sunday nights. So this will, again, whoever wins this game, I will say Pat will be able to kind of lot it over the other one. But I will say uh, that even with that game, which, by the way, had one, like, however long Damian Harris's touchdown run was early on. 68 they, or something, yeah. They moved the ball. By the way, I think Josh Allen had 39 yards rushing or something or 31. That was it, okay. Uh, so uh, even with that, even with them being able to move the ball at will, which was just crazy, right? Like, they literally ran the same play over and over again, and the Bills couldn't stop them. They had 14 points. Like, they, this was not sort of a thing where they could put up points at will because they can't pass the ball and they're not going to be or at least in that game with the win I don't expect them to be able to do it here again as you mentioned Jacoby Myers and Hunter Henry fine uh but I do think that the Bills newfound running game and you're right we've been head faked before but I think the difference here is that they understand they have to have a semblance of a running game they have to because otherwise, if they're just sort of going to be this passing offense where there are down weapons and where teams have sort of adapted to them and Josh Allen isn't playing quite as well as he did last year, I think they're going to be able to attack them. And again, even in that game, what was the final score in that one? 14-10? Is that I think right? so, yeah. They missed, uh, you know, uh, if, if, you know, Tyler Bass doesn't miss a, you know, 20-yard field goal or anything like that, they probably win that game, you know, in that game. 
I just think they're a better team, man. Now, again, I have been uh, fading two teams this most of the year. Not always. Sometimes I back them. But most of the year. Patriots have been one of them. Has not always worked out, certainly. Um, I'll talk about the other one here with my second pick. But I really like this bet, Pat. I really do. And by the way, assuming that everything stays the same, like I will be happy to also tease up the Bills here to eight and a half. This is a prime teaser piece for me. The Bill, like that, I don't see the Patriots winning this game by ten points. Like under any circumstances, you know, I think at the very least it'll be a close game. Maybe they win by three if that happens. I don't think so. I think the Bills went out right, but I'll probably also tease the Bills up to eight and a half from the two and a half as well. All right, that's our disagreement. Go on to your second pick. All right, so we saw the Bears play one of the worst games I can ever remember seeing a, seeing a team play just totally undisciplined and awful. And even though like Akeem Hicks, their nose tackle, just ruined, single-handedly ruined the center of the Minnesota offensive line, like the Bears just repeatedly destroyed themselves um, against Minnesota. And... I mean, this has the look of a team that has completely quit on its head coach. I mean, just playing so stupidly and uh, like the offense is struggling. Um, you know, they only they only got their lone touchdown at the end on the last play on a you know 19 yard desperation heave where I don't even think the guy actually crossed the goal line. <laughs> right. They're playing a Seattle team in Seattle that despite being five and nine has scored exactly as many points as they've allowed this season they've scored 282 they've allowed 282 so seattle's kind of unlucky to be a five and nine team i i think it's a better team than that the defense has been like sneaky effective uh the last month and a half or so I know Russell Wilson is not firing on all cylinders and, you know, the, the idea that Rashad Penny was going to be some sort of savior out of the backfield was uh, maybe torpedoed a bit in week 15, but like it's a functional offense and man, like giving less than a touchdown to this just horrendous Bears outfit that has quit on its head coach. In Seattle, you know, traveling all the way to the, the Pacific Northwest on uh, over the holidays. Like, I can't imagine they're going to be real excited about being away from home. I'm all over Seattle on this. Like, absolutely. Six and a half points. I'd give like nine and a half points in this one. Wow. I, I think they're going to wipe out the Bears. Wow. All they're right. just a much better team, Dan. All right. Let's talk through some of it then. Um First of all, the Seahawks, oddly enough, the Bears playing on a Monday night uh, are on the longer week, right? Because the Seahawks had to play Tuesday, right? True. I'm not crazy, True. right? Yes. All right. So weird. there's a little bit. You, oddly enough, the Bears get the extra rest in this one. The Bears were, I mean, you were absolutely right. And Pat, the, the beauty of, of us sort of here is that, you know, we we talk all the time. We message about football all the time during the games. And we are just going back and forth, especially with Yates, again, one of our, our colleagues here. Uh, talking about the Bears and how undisciplined they are. And their whole secondary was out. And still, though, Pat, like the defense at least put up an effort there. Like those, those. I mean, they they held down Justin Jefferson. They held on Kirk Cousins. Like the defense put up a decent effort here. And the Seahawks, who I thought and probably should have, I mean, I'm not going to say the right side is the winning side, but I feel like they should have covered the seven-point spread against the Rams. Like I feel like that was sort of where... But they, they're so off. And Russ, the deep ball man, 
Like, I thought maybe he was finally coming back to form. He looked terrible in that game. The Seahawks laying almost a touchdown to anybody makes me nervous, Pat. It's So it surprises me a little bit that you think they're just going to absolutely steamroll the Bears here. Getting Lockett back is going to help, getting him off the COVID True. list. As much as Russell Wilson has struggled, I still think he's a much better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, which I think was a big, I mean, that interception, Kirk Cousins threw that arm punt. I mean, like, Cousins is just, as I said, and it drew some ire on Twitter, like, I think Cousins is a bad quarterback masquerading as a good quarterback. And, uh, you know, Russ is just a lot better, um, especially when he's got Tyler Lockett. You know, he and he and DK have not been clicking this year. But if he is Lockett, like one receiver, he can totally trust and uh, be in sync with. Like, I think that's going to be enough to... Hit on a couple big plays and and keep the chains moving and uh, put a points against this Bears defense. Like yeah, the Bears the Bears defense is not trash. They just play stupid sometimes and uh, like some of the the taunting and ridiculous uh, bush league uh, stuff. Like uh, and are we going to uh. see that end with a team that has quit on its head coach? Like I don't know. I mean they just there's no discipline on that yeah. team. Um, and like that offense, Dan. I mean, oh Mont- I know. David Montgomery has not gotten anything going since coming back, and it's because the offensive line is terrible. Um, you know, Justin Fields is as decent as the numbers might have been. Like, he is just not ready for primetime as a passer yet. Yeah. Uh, man, on the road against a, a pretty professional defense, I just do not see them putting up more than about 14 points, 17 points, tops. Yeah. And you, but you think that the uh, the Seahawks then are obviously going to put up, you know, twenty four maybe ish. That's where I you're mean, at. fourteen or seventeen tops, Dan, and like yeah. three All and right. ten are in All play right. for sure. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to join you. I'm not going to go against you because uh, it's basically almost like please don't make me back either one of these teams. Uh, but I certainly do have some. I. It's hard to see the Bears keeping it close in Seattle in particular um, with this. So I'm going to avoid it. Uh, another game. It's a, it's a lot. Uh, it's a lot of ugly stuff this week, Pat. I think we can agree with that. <laughs> uh, I am going to uh, continue to fade the Bengals as I did when you were on this podcast last. Although I did like them getting uh, getting the two and a half or three from Denver. I'm going to fade them here, though. Uh, and I'm going to take the Ravens getting three here in Cincinnati from the Bengals. I admit I'm a little nervous about this one, uh, but it's hard for me to see the Bengals totally blowing out the Ravens, even though they did it earlier this year. This isn't quite like a must win for either team, but it's kind of a must win. Like they can each make the playoffs if they don't, but it's going to be really hard for them to be able to uh, win the division. Really? If you lose this game, uh, it's the teams are pretty even overall. So I'll basically we'll start there. Baltimore 16th in overall DVOA. The Bengals are 19th. I've tried to point out where the Bengals are in DVOA the whole year because I think that sort of illustrates exactly how good they are. They're a very middling team. It's kind of a classic buy low, sell high spot. The Ravens have now lost three games, uh, three straight losses by combined four points. Okay, that's crazy. Four points in their combined three losses. The Bengals are coming off the win in Denver. When all else fails, Pat, I go with the better coach team. Uh, that is the Ravens. I know John Harbaugh's catching a lot of crap for his two-point conversions. I didn't really have a problem with any of it. Uh, but, you know, again, with no secondary, with uh, Tyler Huntley 
he just keeps them in games. They play hard. They're they're going to play a tight game here. Uh, I don't see them getting blown out, and I don't trust Zach Taylor whatsoever. I think the Bengals are a lot of smoke and mirrors. The Ravens are going to be as motivated as possible. I know the Bengals will be too, but again, they, they got trounced in the previous game against the Bengals. They're pissed off about these losses. It's a revenge spot for them. I know uh, that uh, the, the Ravens secondary is horrific right now because they're so banged up and everything like that. But since he just is not uh, consistent, I mean, we saw that again, Pat, with the 49er secondary. That was one of the things we talked about, right? How decimated it was. And the Bengals really weren't able to take advantage of that. Joe Mixon is banged up. I think he'll play. But again, he's banged up in this one. You know, you look at how they've done. They lost to the Jets. They were destroyed by the Browns. Then they destroyed the Raiders. And they beat the crap out of the Steelers. Then they get blown out by the Chargers. It's just a very inconsistent young team. I don't really see them being able to win this game. It doesn't matter to me if Lamar Jackson plays. It really doesn't. Like, uh, if he's healthy enough to play, that's good. It boosts their chances. But I do think a full week of practice with Tyler Huntley should be fine. It's a second divisional game here, Pat. This is also a theme for me. Second divisional games. They're always close. If I'm getting almost a field goal from a team, I usually like it. I lean towards the Ravens. Um, so I'm going to take them getting the three points. I admit I'm a little uneasy about it. We were on different sides of the Bengals game last time, Pat. Are we on different sides of the Bengals game this time? I think we are again, Dan. Uh, I'm not. I'm telling you, though, in advance, I'm not going to touch this game because I cannot okay. get on the right side of a Ravens game. You I have to I, bet them, don't you? I have pool? to bet them for my pool uh, every week. And I have lost the last two weeks when I thought I had made the right wager betting against them both times, only for them to furiously rally back to into a couple yeah. of covers. I mean, talk yep. about the back door being open for covers for the Ravens the last two weeks. Oh, my God. The Browns game, insane, but yeah. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what worries me, Dan, that they have had to, like, stage these big rallies just to come back and lose close games. I mean, they – and bless the Ravens for, like, continuing to play their tails off when they have been so decimated by injuries. And, like, they could have easily flown the white flag against the Packers last week when the Packers – you know, they couldn't stop the Packers, but like the offense just kept fighting back, fighting back, fighting back to make it a game. And um, man, I just I can't back a team this decimated, especially in the secondary when you're going up against a team with, you know, one of the most potent groups of wide receivers in the league against a quarterback who I think is like, I mean, if it's possible to call the former number one overall draft pick underrated, I think Burrow is kind of underrated. Like, I think yeah. he's a fantastic passer, and uh, the numbers have not always matched um, just how good he's been, I think, recently. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I have a hard time backing the Ravens with this one, just being so undermanned. I agree that Harbaugh is a really good coach. And that this team just has a, a lot of spirit and grit. But man, uh, like just the injuries on defense, the injury at quarterback. Uh, Huntley has been good, but like I don't trust him to uh, hang with Burrow in a shootout. Yeah, I get it. I completely get it. You know, for me, it's really like the Bengals have had opportunities to put up you know, big passing games, you know, of late and again against San Francisco. And they just didn't, I think, you know, with this being a divisional game, they're always close, usually, especially the second one. I think with a week understanding, I, I just, I trust Harbaugh to be able to have some sort of plan 
to keep this close. So yeah, I will Since go with the Ravens. The Bengals have been very Jekyll and Hyde. No Correct. question about that. Another reason I don't I don't want anything to do with this game. That's really. actually a really good point because I do I, I haven't always faded them. Again, I, I've sort of been buying into them on occasion with some of these games. Again, last week as well, I liked I liked them getting points in Denver. I couldn't understand that spread. Like I I would have taken them on the money line for sure. But uh, in this one, I don't know, man. This strikes me as the. What's the bad one? Mr. Hyde? Yeah, Mr. Hyde version of the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. But yeah, you're right. It is a little hard to handicap them because they, they're like different teams sometimes when they come up. All right, last pick, Pat. What do you got? Yeah, this will be quick because it's kind of covering old ground. I like the under in the New England-Buffalo game, 43 and a half. I mentioned my concerns about Buffalo being able to move the ball um, and, and find balance against that New England team with all that talent they have in the secondary. J.C. Jackson, Devin McCourty, uh, Duggar. Like, that's just so hard and and being down wide receivers i don't think they're going to sustain much of a running game uh that's just not in the bills offensive dna and uh you know you expressed some of the concerns about mac jones um especially and and here's where you can win your your bet dan is if like the bills get a lead because we saw that mac jones just can't right. bring them back like as soon as the the colts got that punt block touchdown to go up 14 nothing yeah, you felt like that game was over. It just kind of, you know, Mac Jones digging them out of a big hole. Like that's the one thing the Patriots really can't do if they're going to win a game is is get down early like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think this one is going to play under, maybe not much under, but I, I don't see it flying way over the total 43 and a half. I just think it's a solid percentage play to take the under here. Uh, especially if there's any sort of weather again in New England this weekend. Yeah. yeah. No, I like it. I definitely like it. So I have been cold on totals. Like, so I, I'm sticking with spreads uh, for this week, but I do like it. And again, last week, I really liked the Bills uh, Panthers under, and again, it went over by half a point. Um, yeah, I know. It's, it's a killer. Um, but anyway, uh, yes, I do like it as well. Um, again, the Chris Raybon. Why does everybody hate betting unders? You're winning as soon as the game starts. So uh, I agree with that. I, I'm with you on that one. Uh, and maybe I can see maybe a, a same game teaser there. Maybe I'll tease the total up uh, and uh, and the bills up as well. All right. My last one is probably the grossest pick I've ever made. I think on this, I've made some gross picks and that's what you got to do. It's actually the Raiders. They're giving one in our consensus odds. You look at the various books, uh, Raiders against the Broncos. They are giving one and a half at BetMGM. They are getting one at FanDuel and DraftKings. They are getting half a point at BoxBet. They are giving half a point at PointsBet. So it's really all over the place at this point. I'm going to go. The official consensus line is uh, laying one. That's fine. This is 90% about Drew Locke, Pat. Um, You know, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be out for this game. That is a massive downgrade to me, even though Teddy hasn't been great this year. Just Drew Locke, I've seen enough from him to understand that I don't feel great about him. The Ra- uh, Raiders obviously beat them earlier in this year uh, pretty substantially. Uh, this is obviously a different team. They're not playing nearly as well. There's going to be no Darren Waller offensively. There's no Jonathan Abram. Like, they're they're not as good as they were earlier in the year. But the Raiders always cover against the Broncos, oddly enough, aided their last 10 meetings. And I realize they almost lost against uh, a Browns team led by Nick Mullins. But they did outgain Cleveland by like 100 yards in that game. And this game actually sets up well for the Raiders. The Raiders uh, have a lot of explosive plays. That's one of the things that they do well. The Broncos secondary is good, but they do not defend the explosive play all that well. We saw that in the first matchup. So uh, if you're the Raiders, you just basically have to commit yourself to stopping the run. That's all you care about. 
make Drew Locke beat you. And I think there's such a little chance of Drew Locke beating you, especially for a team like the Raiders. They get a lot of pressure without blitzing a ton, which I think is a good recipe for a guy like Locke. So it's uncomfortable to be backing a Raiders team that half the time just looks dead in the water here, Pat, and especially against the Browns. But man, if I have the chance to basically just have a pick game against Drew Locke, I'm just going to do it. So I, I'm going with the Raiders here at home against the Broncos, laying a point. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that one. It's going to be a layoff for me. Um, if, if you force me to bet it, I'd probably agree and go with the Raiders because I have some of the same feelings about Drew Locke. <sighs> I don't know. Like, I feel like he could maybe surprise us with a non-terrible game. Like, I don't okay. think he's just... I, I actually think there are worse backups in the league. I, I don't think Drew Locke should ever be considered as a potential starter for anyone ever again. But um, one thing that kind of worries me, like if we don't see Darren Waller come back this week, yep. like that passing offense has struggled. Like, I mean, to the point that Derek Carr, I think in games Waller has played this year, averages like 310 yards a game passing. And in games Darren Waller doesn't play, yep. averages like 240 and has thrown, like, I think yeah. it was 17 touchdowns in 11 games with him and like uh, four and four without him or 17, 10 and five and five without him. So it, it's kind of a toothless offense without Waller, which is a concern in the Denver defense is, is pretty credible. So um, I, I just worry that this is the kind of game that could stay within one score the entire time and just be mm-hmm. really close. Like I, I understand why the spread is oscillating between, uh, you know, right. a point or half a point either way and might land as a pick em. But um, yeah, to me, this is just kind of a stay away. Yeah. And I get it. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna complain about it. The under over under is 41 and a half, by the way. I don't hate the under in that one either because I do think that points are probably going to be a little difficult to score here. That is a low one, though. All right, we'll recap everything at the end, Pat. Uh, but why don't we very quickly run through the remaining spreads and just give our five-second take on it. Good with that? Yep, let's do it. Your Packers are home taking on the Browns. This is Saturday, uh, laying seven and a half. If you made me pick a side, I would probably pick my Packers to cover. And you know, Dan, I'm, I'm sort of a pessimistic Packers better. So, um, you know, maybe that means a little something more that I, I like them. I just don't think they're going to face plants um, against a pretty limited offense on Christmas in Lambeau. Yep. I think I like the under more. And at first, my instinct upon seeing, what is it, 46? Uh, 44. 46, 45 and a half, 46 of DraftKings. So, but 45 okay. and a half consensus. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my first thought was over, but then the way to score on the Packers is with the big home run plays, not ball control. And that's sort of uh, the antithesis of what the Browns do. They are a ball control team. Uh, you know, maybe the occasional deep shot to Donovan Peoples-Jones, but like the Packers have given up a lot of 40 plus yard pass plays. And weirdly, they've given up one of the fewest numbers of 20 plus yards pass plays in the league. Like beat them over the top or don't beat them at all. Like it's hard to do ball control against the Packers. And the more important thing for the under here, Dan, these are two of the slowest paced teams yes. in the league. I mean, the Packers routinely do not snap the ball until the play clock is mm-hmm. at zero or some people would contend past zero. Uh, there have been a few instances where they've maybe gotten away with what should have been delayed games. And the Browns are 29th in pace 
number of seconds between snaps. So this is going to be a fast moving game. This should get in under the three hour mark, I would expect. And Perfect. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I think 45 and a half or 46 is going to be a pretty tall order for these two teams, even though the Packers passing game has really been hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, well, obviously, we, I mean, we have MBS right now on the COVID list, so who knows if he's going to play. Um, but I do think that if you're the Browns, you want to slow this game down as much as possible, right? You want to, you know, run the ball, obviously, as they always do, as much as possible and try to slow it down, keep the ball out of Rodgers' hands. It lends itself to the under. So I don't mind that play either. I think I probably would lean towards the pack if I had to go, but it's a stay away from me. Are you going to get to enjoy this game on Christmas, Pat? I will, for sure. I'll, okay. I will be in a household full of uh, Packers fans. So Wonderful. I love it. Uh, Colts against the Cardinals, Pat. This is a really interesting one. They're visiting Arizona. Uh, Cardinals favored by one. I have very mixed feelings about this game, Pat. I've gone back and forth on it. I do, too. It's hard to endorse the Cardinals as bad as they looked on both sides of the ball last week against Detroit. But um, it's always hard to bet a team that's coming off such a bad performance. But... I think one of the best bets you can make in football is to take the embarrassed, humiliated team coming off a bad loss uh, and a team that's good enough to do something about it. And I think the Cardinals perfectly fit that criteria going up against a fat and happy Indianapolis team that's been playing really well, coming off a very convincing victory at home uh, against the Patriots. And now they have to go on the road. So just kind of the formula here has me leaning towards Arizona, even though it does not feel good after the way they played against Detroit. That is exactly correct. That's exactly how I feel about it, Pat, which is to say, uh, by the way, Dalvin Cook just placed on the COVID-19 list, Pat. So sorry, just trying to trying to get ahead of it, my friend. Uh, so, you know, uh, for that one. Um, yes, the uh, that's exactly how I feel about it um, entirely, which is to say, yeah, uh, a lot of it makes me like the Colts. They're playing really well. They're an underrated football team. The Cardinals look a little bit like they're in disarray, but it is such a classic buy low, sell high spot at this point that it just makes me feel like if I had to go one way, ultimately I would go with the Cardinals, but man, it is unsettling. Giants are visiting the Eagles, a game only a mother could love. Nine and a half, Pat. Uh, it's 10 at DraftKings, but let's say consensus at nine and a half with the Eagles laying that in Philadelphia. Yeah, a total stay away for me. I'm, I'm definitely not uh, betting on the Joe judge side, the depleted side, the, but like, I, I don't think this Eagles team is good either. And I, I hate them as a double digit favorite, pretty much no matter who they're playing. So I'm just walking away from this game at a fast pace. Entirely stay away. I mean, especially we saw what just happened when they played each other. I mean, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts had one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. So, yeah, just run away from this game. Don't watch it for any reason whatsoever, unless you're an Eagles fan, in which case, hopefully you enjoy the victory. My Jets are taking on the equally putrid Jaguars, laying one and a half points in New Jersey. What do you think? Yeah, so um, I was kind of compelled by the over or the under at first like how are these two teams going to get to 40 or 41 points and then I realized they're two of the fastest paced teams in the league like they operate I think both are in the top five as far as number of seconds burned between plays they like to they like to get after it Dan like they like to fail quickly so um 
Yeah, and yeah. like, how do you how do you play this? I mean, with Salah on the COVID list, right. and like we thought the Jaguars might get the post Urban Meyer bounce last week, and it didn't happen. Do they get a delayed post Meyer bounce? Like, uh, I think if you forced me to pick this one, I would take the Jaguars. Um, yes, but yeah, I'm not going to be forced to to bet this game or watch this game. Correct. Uh, I will be forced to watch this game because it's the Jets. Um, but I think the Jaguars are the right side in this game. Um, you know, I think they're overall a better team. Realistically, I, I just do the Jets, especially without Elijah Moore. And there's no Corey Davis. Like the Jets are just bereft of weapons. At least the Jaguars have weapons. And James Robinson might run for 175 yards in this game, you know. I know some of the metrics stand say that the Jets are the slightly better team. I know, but... I know what the metrics say, but as somebody who is compelled to watch every snap of every Jets game, I can't imagine they're a better team than any other team in the NFL right now. I Fair understand enough. completely, completely. Um, and you know, but yeah, I mean, look, I'm not betting it. I think that if you have to go one way, though, I would go with the Jaguars just because goodness, give me the team getting the points. Uh, in this game, that's where I'm going with. Uh, Bucks are visiting Carolina. Spread's pretty consistent here at 10. Obviously, you've got no Chris Godwin right now for the Bucks. You've got no Leonard Fournette. My guess is you will have no Mike Evans in this game, but you will have Antonio Brown and you will have Ronald Jones unless there's COVID issues. So, Pat, what do you do here? The road team laying 10 in Carolina. I think the Bucks are good enough to make the necessary adjustments after they were just completely thwarted um, by the Saints last weekend. Like the Panthers' defense is no joke. It's it's good. Yep. Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to bring the sort of heat on Tom Brady that the Saints were able to put on him last week. I kind of just think the Buccaneers are going to figure this out. I kind of lean on them to cover the the number against you know the the. Panthers offense is just so putrid. <laughs> like I can't, yeah. I can't take the Panthers, uh, even with the, the 10 points, I, I can't take this Panthers offense against Tom Brady. So I'm leaning bucks here. I don't know if I'm going to bet it or not. Yeah, I would, I, I'm not going to bet it. Um, but assuming that COVID doesn't wreck everything again, all, all recommendations are assuming COVID doesn't wreck everything. I would go with the Bucs um, because I do think you're going to see a bounce back performance here. You know that the Panthers offensively are not going to be able to put up that many points no matter what uh, goes on. You've got DJ Moore a little banged up. But also you saw even the Bucs with Jones um, and Fournette before he went out. They were able to run the ball pretty well against a very difficult Saints run defense. So I do think that they'll worst comes to worst, they'll be able to do that. But you give Brady a week to prepare for these guys, especially with Brown back, with Gronk, even, you know, a guy like Tyler Johnson. I feel like offensively they're going to bounce back and they, they'll want to make a statement here. So I will go with them. Um, Lions are getting five and a half right now in Atlanta. Jared Goff is on the COVID list. I, yeah, you know, I, I don't know, Pat, what you want to do about that. Maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. So I don't know how you can handicap this game. Yeah, that's exactly it. And it's a weird line. Atlanta minus six and, and plus 100 I was seeing this morning at DraftKings. Um, so even money for Atlanta to cover a six-point spread. Like, you can't feel good about yeah. Atlanta covering a six-point spread against anyone. But I, I guess my biggest concern about betting Atlanta is that their offense can just be wrecked by a good pass rush. And I think Detroit's pass rush is ranked like 31st by PFF. So maybe the Falcons are the right side on this one. 
even though I think the Lions are going to get respect from betters uh, because they've been a frisky underdog lately. And obviously they were really frisky against the, the Cardinals last week. But if I had to play this, I think I would play it on the Atlanta side and lay the points. As as really uncomfortable as that feels, I, I think that might be the right bet. I'm really excited Uh for an excuse to not have to bet or watch this game um, because of the COVID situation. But yeah, as of right now, I take the Falcons because um, I do think that uh, that they have the ability to to put up some big numbers if everything goes right. And you're right. The lines don't get a lot of pressure. So that does. I would say for, I would say for sure, Dan, I like I would not want to play this one until we knew whether Goff yes. was going to oh, play of course. or Because Goff has been like sneakily good in the last Correct. four weeks. Bizarrely like, he's actually good. been pretty good. Correct. Uh, the Rams are laying three in Minnesota who now may be down Dalvin cook. I, I have no idea with the, with the protocols, Pat, like I, I don't know what being placed on the COVID list on a Thursday absolutely means for Sunday. There was no tweet about him being ruled out or anything like that with Dalvin cook without Dalvin cook three points in Minnesota. What do you think? And this was already a weird line because the Rams were two and a half this morning. Last I checked before this show. Rams were two and a half point favorites on the road at Minnesota, but minus 125. To at DraftKings. So that's the difference. DraftKings draft juiced up minus one, uh, minus two and a half. It's minus 110 and three at most other books. But that's why it was minus 125 for it. Yeah, so I'm definitely not betting the Vikings here. If I play this one, it's going to be the Rams. And like the, the Dalvin Cook thing might drive the line yeah. enough that I just don't want to take it because like, I mean, I have a little respect for the Vikings. I think they're a decent team, but like they're two of their most glaring weaknesses. The center of their offensive line. I mean, they couldn't draft block Akeem Nix last week. How are they going to do against Aaron Donald this week? My guess right. is probably not well. Yeah. And their defensive backfield, which is like so bad. They just cut Brashad Breland. And I mean, not that Breland was any good, but right. Like, that's just a, a disaster. And, you know, how are they going to stop Cooper Cup and right. Van Jefferson and Odell Beckham? So I do think the Rams are going to win this game. Uh, I don't know if they're going to blow the Vikings out in Minnesota, though. That's another story. And um, kind of depends where the, the line winds up. But I'm probably not going to be too interested in playing this one. So I think looking at it, Pat, it's like when I just take a step back and look at it, it strikes me as like, it strikes me as the right play, absent Dalvin Cook, would be the really ugly, hold-your-nose Vikings play here. Getting points because they always keep games close. The Rams are coming off a short week, uh, shorter week again than even the Vikings somehow again for the second straight time. Rams sort of a, in a sell-high sort of moment here. Um, and it would be one that like, I'd hate to make, but I think over the long terms it's probably you know plus ev but i i couldn't i wouldn't actually make that bet right it strikes me as like oh, this seems like maybe a spot because everything looks like the rams are so, a much better team and it's the type of game that the vikings just randomly show up for and do but it's just to stay away from me and dalvin cook gives me the excuse so i'm very excited to do that uh the chiefs who have everyone on the COVID list already and the only one we know who's out is harrison butker um so it'll be elliot fry kicking so take that into account they're still linked seven and a half right now, pretty much across the board to the Steelers in Kansas City. I, 
I think I'm expecting them to get back Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, by the way. Like, they went on the COVID list early, the new protocols, maybe, but who really knows? What do you do with this one, Pat? I almost feel like the line is saying they expect Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to come back early. And if they do, I like the Chiefs at this point. Like, I have kind of felt all year that the the, uh, Steelers are a, a bad team portraying a 500 team, a mediocre team, and uh, the Chiefs have been playing their best football of the season. Their defense has gone from just horrendous in that first month to actually really good. And uh, I think a lot of the uh, metrics show that the Chiefs are now, I think they're the odds on favorite now to win the Super Bowl Correct. in a lot of spots. Yep. And uh, I can understand why with that defense playing well and uh like we knew Mahomes was eventually going to get his act together. I don't know if we can say that he's all the way there, but we've seen a couple of his uh, ceiling games in the last three weeks or so. Um, I, I think Kansas City is going to cover this if they get their pass catchers back. Like if if Hill and Kelsey play, assuming no other major COVID scratches in this game, nothing that really moves the line off of seven and a half, I would lay those points to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think that's probably right, assuming that they come back. But man, I, this is so crazy. I just say like, you know, betting right now and everything like that is just nuts. Can I can I give you the like, it's weird that we get it as a slow drip. But like, you know, that we're going to lose basically 2% of the player population yep. this week. It, it yep. is like the leftovers on yes. HBO, the HBO yep. series where I 2% of the Earth's population just disappeared. <laughs> and that's what's happening in the NFL every week. Except rather than all disappearing at once, it's a, a slow drip, like right. a, a coffee maker. And uh, it's just weird. And I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to work in a, uh, a bookmaking operation. Right. Now, and like having to tweak these lines like every hour on the hour as, as things change, like just crazy. I mean, minute by minute, right? Because God forbid somebody sees uh, something. But again, they always have advanced info at least, but you got to be on the ball. With them, Cowboys are home against Washington, laying ten and a half on Sunday night. Yeah, weird that uh, we've seen Dak not play very well lately, and uh, it's it's kind of been a sustained thing over like a five game period. I think there was a stat where Dak has averaged. There have been seventeen games in Dak's career where he has averaged less than six point yards, six point oh yards per pass attempt, and five of them have been since the start of November. Like, he is playing terribly, but he played poorly when they played Washington in Week 14. He was 22 of 39 for 211 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, averaged 5.4 yards per pass attempt, and they won by 17 points on the road. So I'm definitely not playing Washington in this one, uh, but I just don't know if I can back the Cowboys with their passing game not quite functional. The Dallas D is playing great, though. If I'm betting this, I'm definitely betting Dallas. Uh, I'm staying far away from it, man. Like they just I, I have trouble like figuring out the Dallas offense because Dak really is not playing well at all. But I just can't back Washington. Right now, Tara Heineke did come off the COVID list. Yay. Um, but still, I, I'm just saying, especially with Antonio Gibson banged up. I don't know. Last game, Pat, it's Monday night. It's the Dolphins visiting New Orleans. We just got it. Now, the line went from Saints minus three to it looks like, for the most part, the Dolphins are laying either one or one and a half here. 
And it does sound like Book is going to be the starter. Um, What's the total now? uh, uh, Let me check that out for you. All right, take a guess, Pat. That's what Joe and I like to do on the look-aheads. We take the guess on the total. I'm going to say... I can tell you what it was if you want before I tell you what it is. Was it 39 before? Uh, It was 39, yes. I'll say 35 and a half. It's only 37 right now. Only 37. But my guess is they got to... They got to slowly readjust it right they've got to slowly figure it out it's 37 yeah, is, is the latest total this is a week where generally i don't want to lock anything in dan but i might have to jump on that under if i can Get lock it, it in at 37 oh Do man it. um and i like i when i saw that initial total i wondered if that was just the recency bias of having seen the saints uh pass rush just completely smother Brady last week in right. a game where Brady was clearly, you know, also uh, frazzled by losing like his top receivers. But man, I don't know. That's uh, I'm, I'm probably just laying off this one. Like I've never really been much of a believer in the dolphins. Uh, I, I, one of the teams I've had a hard time figuring out the entire season. Sure. And, um, yeah, and the, the Saints are just such a moving target now with their quarterback woes. Just stay away. Like, yeah. I, or if you're going to bet it, wait until Monday night. You know how your week went. See what the COVID situation is and then Agreed. do it. But man, goodness gracious. Don't. Yeah, there are a few bets you might want to lock in early. This might be one of them, though, Pat, with the with the under. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, all right, Pat, let's uh, go over uh, your bets one more time. Uh, I you If you remember them. Tell me what they were so you could start it, then I'll give mine. Sure. So I like the Chargers laying 10 on the road against the Texans. Um, I like Seattle, which as of this morning was minus six and a half against yep. the uh, hapless Chicago Bears in Seattle. And I like the under in that Buffalo Patriots game that is going to be such a raucous event at your holiday gathering, oh, Dan. Boy, and that was at uh, 43 and a half last I saw. Well, I look forward to playing this podcast for my father and brother-in-law. Um, I will take with my lead. There you go, Billy and Kevin. Uh, Bill's getting two and a half from the Patriots. Uh, the Ravens getting three from the Bengals. And the, I, I'm not kidding. The consensus line since we started this has now flipped to the Raiders getting one. But I'll, I'll take the Raiders giving one to uh, the Broncos. So that's going to do it. Uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful Christmas to everybody who celebrates. Enjoy the football Regardless, enjoy your Sunday. Unless you have an under on the Saints-Miami game, probably wait as long as possible to place in your bets. And in the meantime, again, everybody have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back doing this uh, next week again. We'll probably take a look at headline, hopefully, without uh, all the COVID news and all the uh, all the holiday stuff. But we'll talk to you then. Mm-hmm.